888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting episode for you today. In today's episode, episode 320, I'm talking about a topic that's very relevant to what's happening in the industry today. The title of this episode is Facebook doesn't care about you, so get over it. Yeah. I said it, and while there are a lot of people who may disagree with me, especially the people who work at Facebook, I believe that actions speak louder than words. Well, Facebook published an article in, on their newsroom blog that just strengthened my view that they don't care about you, and I, I, I wanted to break down some things they went over in the article in, in a way that gives you a clear perspective of where I'm coming from, but not just that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this breakdown will help you determine how best to navigate social platforms Forms, whether you use it for personal or for your blog or for your business, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, I said it. What? Yeah, 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 Facebook. Yeah, I said it. Facebook doesn't care about you. So get over it. That's the topic for today's episode. And I'm going to just jump right in. Because you know what? On December 15th, of 2017, Facebook, on the Facebook Newsroom blog, they published an article. All right, This article was published on the 15th of December, and the, article was ti- it, it, the title of the article was this. Hard questions is spending time on social media bad for us. That was the type, t- topic of the article. And you know what? I gotta. I've been holding. I've, listen, I've been holding on to this for a while, but I'm letting it out today. It was one of the most biased, and I'm I'm doing air quotes right now. Scientific articles I've ever read, and in my opinion, it just demonstrates a whole lot about their motives. So this article was published by David Ginsburg who is the director of research, and Moira Burke, a research scientist at Facebook. Hard questions. Is spending time on social media bad for us? Now, I want to give a disclaimer from the beginning of this podcast episode. This episode is not some doom and gloom, um, you know, Facebook is the end of the world type article. It's not all... It's not all negative. I but but here's the thing. I want you to be aware of reality because there's so much happening right now in this world of Facebook, in this world of social media that I can't I can't not speak on and I just had to record this podcast episode. My goal is to empower you to make decisions about where you invest your time. And, and what you focus on in your business, what you focus on with your blog, what you focus on with your life, 
with your time, with your energy, with your effort. I want you to be in the driver's seat and make the decisions that are right for you. As opposed to letting Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or whatever platform make those decisions for you. Now, I want to give you a little bit of background. Maybe this is the first time you're listening to my podcast. Um, but I've been doing this blogging thing uh, for, for 10 years. As of last week, it was 10 years since I started my online business. I started my blog a little later on in the year. But social media has been, quite frankly, a big part of my life. You know, this blogging thing, my online business, what I do on social media, this is what I do full time now. And I'm also the head of training for the Social Media Marketing Society, which is the, 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 the premier membership site for marketers that want to remain on the leading edge of social media. I'm saying this to say I am involved with this stuff on a day-to-day basis. Uh, in the Social Media Marketing Society, we ba- basically, you know, my job is to work with speakers and trainers to help them present the best and the latest uh, content on how to be effective at social media marketing and, 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 and to help them do a great job at presenting that to our members. So I, I'm immersed in this right now. And because I'm immersed in it right now, I also have some very strong opinions. Now, there's another aspect of my background that you have to be aware of to understand why this article irked me so much. <laughs> because pre-blogging, pre pre, you know, doing this thing full time, I I was a scientist. All right? Science was a big part of my life. Um, it, yeah, I have a master's degree in neurobiology. Um, I, I've, I, I have a num. Well, let me see. I have like th- three articles published in peer-reviewed scientific journals, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for the scientific process. A tremendous amount of respect for the scientific process, which is why when I read this article. Which is why when I read this article from the research scientist at Facebook and the director of research, it, it irked me so <laughs> much. And what I want to do today is I actually want to go through a number of things in this article for you, with you. And I want to break them down. And I want to show you why some of the things that they're saying it's just crap. The way they, they, they lay this information out there, it is obvious that there are specific reasons why they've done it in the way that they've done it. And I want you to be aware of it. All right? So this article comes from the premise that there are some difficult questions that needs to be, that need to be answered when it comes to the way we spend time on social media. And here are the questions that it starts the article, they start the article out with. Do people connect in meaningful ways online? Or are they simply consuming trivial updates and polarizing memes at the expense of time with loved ones? Um, Now, (laughs) okay, so they point out why 
these questions, you know, I agree. These are these are important questions for us to be considering, especially now where there's so much happening in technology and social media and all that good stuff. We need to be thinking about these things. And if we're not thinking about these things, we're going into something that is powerful, but can also be dangerous if we don't look at it from the appropriate perspective, if we don't ask the right questions. Now, the, the, <laughs> in the article, they point out some people that have raised some of these questions. For example, the psychologist Sherry Turkle, um, who, who claims that our phones make us more alone together. So we're, we're together because we're connected on social media, but we feel more alone. And I don't know about you, but this is something that I've seen. This is something that I've experienced. You're so connected, but yet so disconnected from the people around you. Another psychologist, Jean Twenge. I'm not exactly sure how you uh, how you pronounce the name. T-W-E-N-G-E. I apologize if I mispronounce it. Um, but this psychologist noticed in, in their research that there was an increase in teen depression corresponding with technology use. So Facebook is seeing these things and 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 they want to address these. So what what they say in this article is that this is not the full picture. The full picture is not just that we're alone together or that there's teen depression increasing with technology use. But they go ahead and paint what they consider to be the full picture. I don't know if you see my air quotes, but just imagine me in front of you saying the full picture. And here's some of the evidence that they bring, bring forward. Sociologist Claude Fisher claims that technology, claims that technology, this, this is what he says, claims that technology drives us apart are largely supported by anecdotes and ignore the benefits. And another sociologist, Keith, Keith Hampton, says people spend more time in public now. And, and, the, and he says that cell phones in public are more often used by people passing time on their own rather than ignoring friends in person. Okay, so this is them painting a more fuller picture that, that this, this idea that the technology drives us apart is just anecdotal and it's ignoring the benefits. Um, and, 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 you know, this people, yeah, they do spend more time in public now. And that's why we, we see people using their phones more because they're passing time on their own. It's not that they're ignoring their friends in person. You know, I remember one day, <laughs> I remember one day I was going to the pool um, no, actually, I was going to racquetball. There's a racquetball court and then the pool right next door. And as I'm walking, there are a bunch of kids in the hallway. And they're all sitting on the floor. Supposedly, these are friends. Um, but they're not talking to each other. They're holding their devices in their hands. And they're just kind of, you know, I don't know if they're talking to each other or they're talking to other people that are not there or whatever the case might be. And when I saw it, I kind of made a joke. And I said, man, you guys are all here together and none of y'all are actually talking. And, and they looked up and they were like, <laughs> and they, they went back into their devices and they continued on. You know, I listen, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I live in a different world and what I see is different from what these sociologists are seeing. Um, 
But quite frankly, I do see people ignoring their friends in person, being on their device. Well, quite frankly, I do that from time to time. I'm out with friends, and rather than talking, I have my device out. And I'm browsing Facebook or checking email or something of that sort. This, this is a part of our reality. You can call it anecdotal all you want, but when we see it so much, it is a part of our reality. Now, they go on to say, this is what academics say, all right? You ready to hear what the academics are saying about the use of social media? Let me share with you what, according to these two researchers, the academics are saying. According to the research, it really comes down to how you use the technology. Not the fact that you're using technology, but how you use it. I agree with this statement, by the way. This is me interjecting. I agree with that statement. Now, here is the continuation. In general, <laughs> this is the part. Anyhow, in general, when people spend a lot of time passively consuming information, reading but not interacting with people, they report feeling worse afterwards. Actively interacting with people, especially sharing messages, posts, and comments with close friends, and reminiscing about past interactions, that's linked to improvements in well-being. In other words, what they're saying is, you know, it, it's not using the technology. It's how you use the technology. It's not using Facebook. It's how you use Facebook. If you're using Facebook and just sitting back and browsing and so on, maybe that's not as good for you. That's what the academics are saying. But if you actually immerse yourself more in Facebook and using these technologies and you interact more, you share more messages, you, 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 you post uh, and you comment and all those kinds of stuff, reminiscing about, you know, past interactions, there's an improvement in well-being. Use it more. <laughs> this, is what, this is what the academics are saying about our platform. There's no conflict of interest there. There's no, 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 no. Just listen. Okay. I know you think that being on Facebook withdraws people from reality and take them takes them out of their you know actually one-on-one -on -one interactions in person and it's bad for their overall health i know you're seeing that maybe there's an increase in depression and all no no but that's not really the problem what we really need is for them to use it more <laughs> this is what this is what the research suggests we need them to be more involved and actually not sit back and watch it. Dive right in. Are you are you sensing a conflict of interest there at all, or is it just me? Am I being am I being um uh uh, uh what's the word that I'm I don't even know what the word is that I'm looking for. Am I am I overreacting? Okay, let's continue with the further studies that they. Oh my word. I'm I'm having a anyhow. Let's let's continue with the further studies. People who sent or received more messages, comments, and timeline posts reported improvements in social support, depression, and loneliness. Once again, if you're more active, it's going to be less of these things. 
stressed college students randomly assigned to scroll down their own to scroll down through their own Facebook profiles for five minutes experience boosts in self-affirmation compared to students who looked at a stranger's Facebook profile. In other words, spend some time looking down your timeline and maybe you're going to feel more a, self, a, a sense of self-affirmation. Now, now, here's this last one. They found that stressed students were, were twice as likely to choose Facebook to make themselves feel better as compared to students who hadn't been put under stress. So in other words, when students get stressed out, they are more likely to turn to Facebook. And right after these three paragraphs where they talk about these three pieces of research showing that you should use Facebook, you should send more messages, do more comments, scroll down your timeline, and, and stressed out students who may, maybe failed a class or something of that sort, they are more likely to use Facebook. They go ahead and say, in sum, in other words, to summarize what we've gotten from all of this research, from the tons of money that we've spent on these research scientists doing all of this research and all that good stuff. Our research and other academic literature suggests that it's about how you use social media that matters when it comes to your well-being. All right. This, you know what I don't like? And I don't like this regardless of where I find it. I don't like when you take some truth, sprinkle in some data to make it sound smart, and then come up with some conclusions that are obviously like super biased and self-serving. I don't like it. I don't care where I see it. I don't like it. Because people are, are, are you know, when they're stressed, they're more likely to use Facebook because, you know, if, if you think about this from a logical perspective, what they're saying is this. People that are more social are going ha to have more positive experiences on Facebook. I mean, that's... To me, that's kind of obvious, right? If you're more social, whether you're doing it on Facebook or off Facebook, you're going to have more positive experiences. If you are more likely to interact and have conversations, whether on or offline, you're more likely to enjoy what you're doing. Yes, it makes sense. But nowhere in this do they factor in the idea that, wait, is it possible that what this is doing is widening the, the, the gap between those who feel comfortable interacting and engaging and those who maybe don't. So, in the next section, they talk about what they're going to do about it. All right? Because now they want to show you, hey, they've shown you, we are aware of, of the complications, 
Um, but there's a lot of research out there that suggests, hey, you just need to use our platform more and you're going to be happier. This is what they're going to do about it. We're working to make Facebook more about social interaction and less about spending time. You know, I don't see that necessarily as a bad thing. Honestly, I don't. But let's continue on. We've made several changes to newsfeed to provide more opportunities for meaningful interactions and reduce passive consumption of low-quality content. In other words, you know, you want to see more of what your friends post, less of what, you know, these pages, uh, uh, you know, these business pages and all that good stuff. You want to see more things that are going to make you interact. That's going to help you feel better about yourself. The next feature that they announced in that post is the ability to snooze, which gives people the option to hide a person, a page, or group for 30 days without having to permanently unfollow or unfriend them. I think this is a cool feature. Once again, okay, great feature. Take a break. Okay, this gives you more centralized control over when they see their ex on Facebook, what their ex can see, and who can see their past posts. All right, so you know you break up with somebody, you don't want to see their. Uh, by the way, these are their solutions to the big problems that we've talked, uh, we've spoken about. Not that, not that I'm saying these are the only solutions they're gonna come up with, but this is how the article, the sequence of the article is going. This is what we're doing about it. Okay, take a break, and then suicide prevention because this is a big thing. We work with people and organizations around the world to develop support options for people posting about suicide on Facebook, including reaching out to a friend, contacting helplines, and reading tips about things they can do in that moment. I think, I honestly think that's a great thing. I'm glad that Facebook is doing these things. They continue on to say, what about related areas like digital distraction and the impact of technology on kids? Now, if you know me, you know how much I care about my kids. You know how much I care about family family values and, and, and the way we train up our children. Um, this is what they say about this topic. We agree these are critically important questions and we have a lot more to learn. I respect that. Number two, we recently pledged $1 million towards research to better understand the relationship between media technologies, youth development, and well-being. We're teaming up with experts in the field to look at the impact of mobile technology on, and social media on kids and teens, as well as how to better support them as they transition through different stages of life. In other words, we've given money to, to, to fund more research to see how this stuff affects kids. All right? So we're doing something there. Here's my summary. This is my summary, okay? We're done with the article. Now, I'm just going to comment on some of my thoughts and some of my feelings. You know, Facebook has been getting a lot of bad press recently. There's a lot of academic research coming out about, you know, the, the, the negative effects that social media use has on our minds, on our uh, psychology, on our physio, even our, 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 the, the way our brains are structured, there's a lot of research coming out that's saying, you know what? Listen, this stuff ain't all that good. Not that it's all bad, 
But we got to be really conscious about what this is doing to the way our minds work, the way we, we interact with people. There's a lot of criticism coming Facebook's way. Even one of the co-founders, Sean Parker, <laughs> this guy said they, they deliberately, they're deliberately designed to consume as much time as, and attention as possible from their users. The result was that they created a social validation feedback loop, exactly the kind of thing that a hacker like myself would come up with because you're exploiting a vulnerability in human psychologies. The, event, the inventors, creators, it's me, it's Mark Zuckerberg, it's Kevin Sistrom on, on Instagram. It's all these people. They understood, this con they understood this consciously and did it anyway. Now, because of all of this negative press, Facebook, no, and not just that, young people are, are kind of abandoning Facebook. They're going to platforms like Instagram and Snapchat and so on. Instagram, of course, is owned by Facebook. But they know that if they don't make changes, they're going to start losing their users. Here's the thing. For Facebook, it's really all about Facebook. It isn't about you. They care about their business. And quite frankly, it's smart business. Mark Zuckerberg and the team at Facebook, they have a fiduciary responsibility to make money for their investors. And you know what? If any of their business objectives, if they move out of alignment with your business objectives, you're the one that's going to lose if you focus on those platforms. I want to say that again. When it comes to Facebook, if their business objectives move out of alignment with your business objectives, you lose if you focus primarily on those platforms. I I have a close, I have a good friend actually who built a very successful um, uh, uh, software company using Facebook. All right, um, this was way back in the days. When I say way back in the days, I mean like uh, when was it? Maybe like 2010 or so. And he had a page where you he had a, a service where you could build landing pages for Facebook and embed them into your your Facebook page, and they were awesome they had all kinds of really cool features they were making a lot of money and all that kind of stuff one day facebook decided to turn off the ability to customize those pages entire business from one day to the next gone facebook doesn't care <laughs> if their business interests don't align with yours and you are focusing on their platforms you're gone it's that simple. There's no sorry. There's no, oh, man, you know, let's do something to try to help you. No, you're gone. That's it. When it comes to the changes that they're making, it's about trying to get you to use Facebook more so that they can make more money. And maybe you're going to be using it differently. They don't mind as long as you're in there, as long as you're on there. If, if the entire world got addicted to Facebook, I believe Facebook would be happy. Now you're thinking, you know what? 
some of some maybe you're thinking, Leslie, you're right. I'm done with Facebook. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Because that's not what I'm saying. I'm emphasizing one aspect of Facebook right now, but there's more. And quite frankly, it's not just Facebook. All of the social networks do the same thing. These these are publicly traded companies. These are I mean these these are companies that have to make money for the people that invest in these companies. You know, you recently YouTube just uh, just last week actually, YouTube made a big announcement that has the uh, the entire community of the entire YouTube community going crazy right now. They just decided that in order to to have ads on your content on YouTube, you have to have a thousand subscribers and over four hundred thousand hours of watch time in the last year. And if you don't, you're getting booted. Before you could get on, you know, you could monetize your videos much easier. Now they made it harder. Why? Because the advertisers were complaining because their ads were being seen on content that they were not very happy about. So YouTube wants to step up the game to please their advertisers so that they can continue making money. And as a result of that, many smaller publishers are just they just kind of like, you know what? Uh, You're not going to make money from ads anymore. Now, it's not as if they're going to be losing out on a lot of money, but you know, if you I don't know how many people I know um or I've heard of that um they've been working at trying to start making money online, they're running ads and all that good stuff, and in order to 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 get their first payout, they have to get $100 in in ad revenue and then they can get that payout and they've been working so hard to reach to that $100 and now all of a sudden they're being kicked out of the program just like that no 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 I'm sorry <laughs> no we we understand this will affect you negatively and we want to work with you to try to help you to do so no 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 just buy because this no longer works for us <laughs> Oh, man, these platforms don't care about you. And I don't listen. I maybe sound like I'm just ranting. But I think I think there's some serious implications here. Because these platforms win if we give them more and more of our time, more and more of our information. They love that. If I spend my entire day on Facebook and I spend that time away from my family because I'm immersed in Facebook, I think Facebook will be happy because they'll make more money off of me. Now, I'm not anti-Facebook. I'm not anti-social media. I love social media. I love what it enables to do if we use it right. I love how it uh, allows us to get exposure to our businesses, to our values, to the things that we want to, the value that we want to put out in the world. This, it helps me to share that stuff. And I love that. I love the fact that I can connect with people all over the world. Some, sometimes people that I haven't seen in many years, I stumbled onto a post they made on Facebook and it's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen you in so long. We start a conversation and all that good stuff. It is a great tool that has so many pros and cons, but I'm also aware of my limitations. We're going to turn this right now. We're going to talk about me because this may or may not apply to you. I know and I am fully aware 
of my limitations. And I am fully aware that I personally have been addicted to social media and Facebook, my phone, and all that stuff. I know it. And I know it because it impacts what I do in other aspects of my life. And it has impacted what I do in other aspects of my life significantly in the past when I'm spending time with my kids, but I'm checking social media constantly and I'm not giving them my full attention. When I'm trying to get stuff at work, done at work and I'm not able to do it as effectively because I'm spending so much time on social media, all that kind of stuff. I know how it has affected me in the past. And on the day that I read that article, it pissed me off <laughs> because it felt like they were insulting my intelligence. And I just decided that I'm done. I am taking back control of what I do with my time. And some of the things that I did personally, I deleted all social media from my phone. Not that I was saying I was getting off social media, but I knew that it was a weakness for me. So I got rid of social media on my phone. I even deleted all email from my phone. So if I want to check social media, I have to go to my laptop. It's not a huge deal to go to my laptop, but it's an extra step, especially since I also try to leave my laptop downstairs in my office when I'm finished work at 3 o'clock. I go up to my family and that's it. If I want to check on social media, I can, but it means I have to go downstairs. And you know what I found? That by doing those simple things, I was so much less uh, uh, distracted by... Uh, the distractions were not there the way they were before. And you know what? I enjoy my time with my kids so much more. Sometimes. Sometimes they send me crazy. <laughs> Sometimes they drive me crazy. I'm not going to lie. But... I feel like we have more meaningful interactions now. So it's been about uh, a month and a half now since I... No, actually, I started that before the article. Um, I did start that before the article. I think it's been about two months now since I've made those decisions. And it's been so much better for me. It really has. Because what I'm doing is I am saying I'm going to be in control of how I spent my time on these platforms. I've been posting much less. And quite frankly, probably according to Facebook's theory, reading this article, because I'm spending less time having meaningful interactions on Facebook, I'm probably more likely to be depressed and, and have negative thoughts and all that kind of stuff. But no, that's not what's happening. I'm having more meaningful reactions with my family, more, more meaningful interactions with my family. I'm doing more with my kids. I'm making more stuff with them. And just having fun and, and running around and doing all kinds of stuff. And you know what? I value that more than Facebook. So, how does this relate to bloggers, right? I'm, let's say you just went on this whole rant about Facebook and this stupid article. Well, here's how I think it, it, it relates to you as a blogger. Your job as a blogger, is to create great content. It's to grow your community by serving your audience. The people that are coming to your blog 
And you may be thinking, yeah, but nobody's coming to my blog yet. Well, you know what? If it's five people that are coming to your blog, you create the best content that you can create for that those five people. You serve them as when you have a smaller audience, you can do so much more to serve them. You can go above and beyond. You can do things that bigger bloggers could never do for their audience, even on an individual basis. And by doing that, your audience is going to come to know, like, and trust you even more. And they're going to start spreading the word. Your goal is to drive people back to your platform, one that you own, one that you control. Get them on your email list. I've been saying this a lot recently, and I'm, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm getting more and more convinced that this is the way. Yeah, maybe it seems old school to you. Because it's not as, you know, social media savvy or whatever in air quotes. But you know what? It makes more sense for your business. Get them on your email list. Make them the star. Serve them like nobody else will. Serve your audience. I've been doing a lot of reading in the Bible in the book of Mark. And whether you're a Christian or not a Christian... I want you to listen to this part because I think it's significant because if you're not a Christian, you have to admit that Jesus had a huge impact on the lives of so many people. And whether you think he existed or didn't exist, you have to agree that he had a huge impact. And in Mark 10, 45, this is what he says. And this through everything the disciples um, believed about who he was for a loop. And this is what he said. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, I'm not the Son of Man. I'm not Jesus Christ or anything of that sort. But if I can take that example into my life, into what I do on a day-to-day basis, where I come from the perspective of I am here to serve you. I am here to give you the most valuable content that can help you to accomplish your goals, to overcome your struggles. And I just come at it from a position of I am here to serve and not be served. You know what an impact I can have? And now for you, if you come at it from the perspective of, I'm not here on this blog for you to serve me. I'm here to serve you, to provide value for you, and to give my, not to give your life as a ransom, but to give your time, to spend the time, to study the content, to, to, to become that expert, and to use that knowledge that you are acquiring to serve it up to someone else so that it can make their lives a little better? Listen to me, man. That's what it's about. Facebook doesn't care about you or your business. I need you to care about your business and to care about the people that you serve by serving them. By building something that you can be proud of, but that Facebook doesn't determine what happens with it. Yeah. That's pretty much it. So I'm going to start the music. That's my rant. My rant. Yeah, I had, to, I had a lot to say on the topic. But it's something that I'm, I'm man, I am becoming more passionate about. 
The best I can do is create the best content for you. And you're going to see that over the next few months. All right, let's wrap it up. Reminder, if you've been listening for the last two episodes, you know that I'm launching a mastermind group for high-performing bloggers. If you are one of those and you want to take it to the next level, check out becomeablogger.com slash apply to apply for that mastermind group. Besides that, hey, you're trying to get your blog going. You, you need some help. You need some support. You need somebody to hold your hand. I like to hold hands. <laughs> I like to hold hands. I like to hug. I like to serve. Uh, go to bloggercoaching.com. Check out the Become a Blogger Coaching Club. This is me trying to build my business. <laughs> this is me trying to serve you. Yeah. Uh, hey, the episode is 320. Go to becomeablogger.com slash 320. If you have any comments, let me know in the comments there. Happy to keep this conversation going. Hey, that's it for this episode. This is Leslie Samuel here from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless. Eight, 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 three, five, two.